Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for another Benny J bonus interview brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. Well, it's time to Ben Drosky's show as I speak. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2022. It's absolute insanity out there in the world of politics, folks. I, I know you know that. If you're listening to my show, you're a diehard political junkie, uh, and you probably are losing your mind trying to keep up with everything. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this is the headline uh, on today's New York Times. So it is Thursday, August 11th headline, and it just already seems outdated by stuff that's going on. But just so you know, uh, this is the headline. Uh, in today's New York Times. Under oath for hours, Trump invokes the fifth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Donald Trump, he of, uh, if you take the fifth, you're obviously guilty over 400 times. And then he tweets out, or I guess he's not on uh, Twitter anymore. He sends out a message. No, I understand. You're so full of it, Donald Trump. <laughs> God dang. You are such a grifter. All right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to uh, introduce himself, and then we're just going to just talk about some of the madness that's going on, try to decipher it. So distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Thanks, Ben. Great to be back. I'm David Ferris. I'm an associate professor of political science at Roosevelt University, contributing writer at The Week and Newsweek, and the author of It's Time to Fight Dirty, How Democrats Can Build a Lasting Majority in American Politics. And uh, I'm here to talk about all the horrible things that Donald Trump is going through right now. That's really brings me a lot of joy. So let's, yes. let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right. And uh, the last time we were in the show, and again, this seems like uh, it, uh, an eternity ago, we were talking about how Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer cut a deal uh, that enabled uh, Joe Biden to proclaim himself a champion of the legislative process uh, with the Inflation Reduction Act. And <laughs> that's almost like completely and utterly forgotten uh, by the fact that there was an FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago on uh, Monday night. Uh, MAGA has lost its complete mind. Suddenly, they're champions of the Constitution and protecting uh, innocence against the long hand of the law, which is very interesting because uh, they've been saying, like, lock everybody else up uh, and never had one word to say about, oh, I don't know, what's something else? Brianna Taylor's a home being invaded uh, by uh, police with a phony warrant. Now it turns that warrant was a lie, uh, and she was killed. Never once heard MAGA say anything other than, um, you know, she deserved it. And here they are becoming champions of civil liberties when it comes to Donald Trump. Uh, your thoughts on absolutely all of these things, uh, David Ferris. Well, first of all, Ben, I just want to correct you on one little thing. It's not, it's not Mar-a-Lago. It's the Winter White House. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what they called it? The Southern no, White House. I, I forgot. <laughs> oh, Lord, the Winter White House. Yeah, so, um, yeah, what a, I mean, what a week. I was, uh, I was sitting on the couch the other night just, just suffering. From, I don't know if you've ever had an ear infection as an adult, but it's really unpleasant. 
um, I'm sitting on the couch suffering through this ear infection while we were both sick, trying to get our kid to bed. And uh, just open my phone, look at the news, and uh, just the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And I look, I looked at my wife, and I said, uh, "This makes up for everything that we've been through today." Yes, <laughs> the happiest moment of my life. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a, it was a shocking development to me. I mean, I, I think that we'd all been expecting some, um, some kind of movement generated by the January sixth committee hearings, um, and for, and for Attorney General Merrick Garland to you know, move forward with some sort of action against Trump or, or some of Trump's associates in some way, shape or form. I don't think anybody saw a, a sudden sort of like 30 person FBI raid of, of Mar-a-Lago coming out of nowhere, um, especially because we still don't know um, exactly what they were looking for um, and, and or exactly why they were there and what they were doing. Um, and so it was a, it was a, it was a very surprising development. It was it was heartening to me to see our chief law enforcement agencies finally deciding that upholding the rule of law, um, upholding the value of democracy, upholding um, the, the 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 faith of our citizens and and the impartiality of government is more important than making MAGA angry. Yeah, because that is the chief objection that has been raised. To this raid, to any to any concept of prosecuting um, Trump and his and his associates after they've left office, um, you know, there's there's generally two objections. You know, there's there's the Marco Rubio. Um, well, when you start arresting former executives, you know, then you're a banana republic. Um, and then there's the look. I mean, Trump's guilty as hell, right? But uh, they're all going to kill us. They're going to kill us all if we do this, right? Just let them get away with it. Just yeah. let them walk, you know. Like like you're in a you're like like you're in a parking lot confrontation after a sports game and you run into like some lunatic who's like you're a Phillies fan I'm gonna kill you man um, and you're like actually I just want a hot dog and and to just go to bed so I'll see you later um, crazy <laughs> you know and it's uh, I'm you know the stakes are a little bit bigger here right yeah. I mean uh, the the former president the 45th president of the United States tried to overthrow the democratically elected government of the United States. Not only did he do that, he um, he riled up a uh, a gang of uh, of insipid, incompetent weirdos to take zip ties and um, and and weapons into the into the Capitol building to stop the the electoral count, um, probably to kill several members of Congress if they'd been better at it, um, among many other things. Ben, if I were to just read from a list of things of crimes that Donald Trump has committed, um, we'd be here all night. But like the the most relevant ones that I think people are interested in at this point, no one's going after Trump for violation of the uh, Emoluments Act, right? Like no one, like there's a lot of things he did as president, um, uh, violating the Hatch Act 150,000 times, uh, that that are just they're just going to let him go, right? It's like those things are over, okay? Um, but the plot against democracy, right? The plot to overthrow the government, the duly elected government of the United States, to disrupt the the legal counting of the electoral votes. Um, to potentially kill the vice president of the United States, um, to, to unleash violence and mayhem in, in the Capitol on January 6th, to sit back as the president of the United States and do nothing about it, um, not just do nothing about it, but really fan the flames until finally somebody got to him and he said, I love you people, but go home. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, these are not things, I mean, imagine if you learned about all this stuff all at once, right? Like that we not just lived through the last, you know, six years of our history, but somebody just sat you down. You just woke up from a coma that you went into in late 2015, and 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 they were like, "Guess what happened?" <laughs> yeah. The one 
Uh, and let me read you a list of his crimes. Um, that's, I'm not even talking about like Ukraine and, and, and Zelensky and all that stuff, right? Like we're really, I really think we're focused on January 6th here. So it's, it's encouraging um, to, to see some, some action on this finally, and, uh, and really dispiriting to see the Republican reaction to it. You know, it's like Trump is not the president anymore. He's not an official party leader. He's just a, he's just a former, he's a disgraced former president and, and almost virtually no Republican elected Republicans can bring themselves to say something basic like, um, you know, it's a, wait, I trust, um, I trust the law enforcement apparatus of, of the federal government and trust the FBI. Um, you know, I, I, even like, I hope that there's nothing to be seen here. We, we expect the president to be exonerated, but like, we're gonna let the process play out. And that's all I have to say. No, they have to go out with these like hysterical, like uh, nonsense statements, all, you know, crafted together. Like, um, you know, uh, if they can do this to the president, imagine what they could do to you. And I'm like, you know, I would go to jail for lying to a to an FBI agent. I'm like, of course they can do this to me, right? The whole point is that no one is above the law, you know? So, um, yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one, just take a moment, just go riff a little more. I mean, that one, which has been put out there is so bizarre. I mean, from a, the law and order party that wants a crackdown on criminals everywhere. That's that was remember that when that was their ticket to yeah. a sweep in November. Remember that those days? Uh, that yeah. was going to be their winning ticket. The crime. We got to crack down. We got to be tough. We got. And now all of a sudden, if, if law and order can arrest somebody for doing something bad, what <laughs> what are they going to do to you? Right. Uh, I saw. Twitter has been a very entertaining place over the last 48 hours. I don't know if you know this, but um, somebody was like, look, imagine if if someone can if someone can raid your house after you've live tweeted 34 consecutive crimes, uh, imagine what they could do to you. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, none of this stuff was a secret. You know I mean? They plotted to overthrow democracy in public together, took notes, um, have many, many witnesses, put it on Twitter. Uh, you know, it, it's like, there's not... There's no surprises here, right? Like we know what they did. Yeah. Um, what the question in everyone's mind right now is like, what was the evidence that the FBI was looking for in uh, at Mar-a-Lago that warranted this kind of action? Because um, if you if you've read all these press reports, right? Like there has already been a back and forth between um, the National Archives and the and the Trump people about some things that the Trump people took to Mar-a-Lago that they wanted back, right? Um, and not you know not necessarily until recently was it thought to be nefarious right um more like a you know like you move out of an apartment and the landlord's like hey man where's the microwave you know and you're like oh, <laughs> i thought that was mine i'm sorry all microwaves look the same fundamentally right like i don't remember do you remember whether you bought your microwave or not or you know whether it just like sort of ended up in your possession i don't so yeah i'm sure they're willing to cut this guy some slack you know they're like oh okay he took this box you know of uh, mementos from the white house and it turns out to be classified information i do not think that they would have raided mar-a-lago if they thought it was an honest mistake you know um they took they took um more than two dozen agents into that place that sounds like a lot until you've, if you've seen a picture of mar-a-lago i mean it's like you know um it's the size of it's the size of lakeview you know I mean, it's, a, it's a very large it's a very large complex um, it's a giant golf course for stupid rich people, and um, <laughs> I hope they did. I hope they didn't um, uh, 
trample Ivana Trump's grave, you know, because she was just buried there. So, um, but uh, but they took a lot of people in there. They searched the whole place. Apparently, they went. I don't know. I don't know if this is true, um, but they say they searched Melania's wardrobe. <laughs> um, and so they they were looking for something, Ben. You know, and my guess is, um, it's not like they were looking for a minor violation of the Presidential Records uh, Act or something. Right, like this is not, I, I don't think that this is some sort of incidental um, set of materials that, you, you know, either were taken accidentally or were taken on purpose, but are not all that consequential. I, I'm, I have to think that these materials are related um, either to an ongoing investigation into Trump and his associates um, or, to, or to the work of the January 6th committee in some, in some way, shape or form. Um, and we won't know until until we learn more. Uh, now, I, I don't know how long you've been on the air today, but they, uh, Merrick Garland has just said that uh, that he 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 has agreed to unseal the the warrant that was executed uh, at Mar-a-Lago because this is a you know this is a, a republic of laws, Ben. You can't just walk into someone's house. I mean, unless you're you know, uh, unless you're walking into the house of a poor marginalized person of color, uh, you, you can't just walk into people's houses, right? Um, and all of these comparisons to banana republics are just so absurd. It's like, look, man, if this was a dictatorship, it, you know, the attorney general wouldn't have to come up with a document and have it signed by six different people and have a judge sign off on it. He'd just go in there and disappear you into a black site yeah. um, and and kill you. Yeah. And, and that would be the end of that. Um, so that's, um, that's what we know at the moment. Um, we know that Trump world is terrified. Um, I think one of the things that was probably most shocking to people the other day is that I think Trump himself, most of the people in his orbit, and um, a lot of cynical, justifiably cynical and weary liberals thought that he would never pay for any of this. You know, I think that I think the prevailing assumption was he's going to get away with it, right? Not just because rich white dudes get away with everything in this country, but because we've never gone after a former president for any anything. Um, going back to to Ford pardoning Nixon, you know, the second he got into office, we've had a long string of presidents committing crimes, um, you know, the Watergate, um, Iran-Contra, um, all the many crimes of the George W. Bush administration, which um, was, you know, the, the, the torture, Abu Ghraib, like all of the, um, all the violations of American principles during the Iraq war. Uh, you know, we could have a long conversation about whether George W. Bush committed actual crimes or not, right? But, um, but I think the, the sense of impunity is is well deserved, right? And we can throw Bill Clinton onto the pile here too, right? Um, you know, regardless of whether the investigation initially was partisan in nature, you know, Clinton did he did the thing, right? I mean, he he was a he was a creep. He lied to the FBI. Um, he tried to cover it up. He enlisted people in the cover up, and he not only did he walk off scot free, he's still um, he's still perfectly welcome at the DNC to give uh, to give speeches. So you can't blame people. For being disillusioned and, and thinking it doesn't you know you know the phrase lol nothing matters right like it doesn't matter like no one will ever go after trump because they're afraid of his supporters no one will ever go after trump because they're afraid of the precedent that would set um and so he's gonna skate he's gonna haunt us for the rest of our lives <laughs> gonna run for president again in 2024 maybe win and um and so i think that sense of shock settled over the whole political world um the other night right not just trump and his people but also us right like people who um People who had given up hope that that Garland was gonna was gonna make a move here, um, and had given up hope of, of any kind of accountability for these for these horrible people, 
um, just suddenly this this big um, unexpected out of nowhere development can all hit us in the face and we're all just kind of I'm real curious to know what's going on here Ben I don't know <laughs> about you I, I yeah no I am I'm, you know I'm obsessive about these things uh, and I have been on the mic uh, for the good portion of the day uh, and if I wasn't on mic for the good portion of the day I was on a phone booking more guests to come on so I haven't been following the news in real time, but I just see the headline in the uh, New York Times, uh, Garland moves to unseal warrant used in Trump's search, uh, and then says he, Garland, personally signed off on a decision to search Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland described the FBI search for files at Trump's Florida home and said he is asked to unseal the warrant. Uh, so it, we'll know by the time you folks are listening to this, uh, particular interview, which will drop over the weekend, uh, will have obviously more details. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be dated by then. Uh, but this, the essential principles will be the same. Uh, and and those have to do with this, the twist and turn of politics in our country today. It's really been on my mind a lot. Uh, well, it's been on my mind for over two or three years, David, but in the last week or so, it's been really pronounced. And the fact that uh, MAGA has completely rewritten every rule uh, every protocol that supposedly governed uh, political behavior in our country, political discourse in our country, political rhetoric in our country. Uh, it's its almost nihilistic uh, in its expression. Uh, nothing matters other than Donald Trump. Uh, and anytime anyone does anything to hold Trump, Trump accountable uh, for his behavior, it's immediately an assault on fundamental free liberties. Uh, and this is proclaimed by the same people who would snatch your liberty away in a heartbeat as they're doing with doctors, uh, dealing with their patients on abortion, et cetera, and so forth. So you can point out the hypocrisies. They don't care. They don't care that they're being hypocritical. You could point out that the things that they supposedly believe in more than anything else, like, I don't know, police, law and order. We always stand with the police. Back the blue, okay? As soon as Donald Trump... As soon as Donald Trump is being investigated for crimes, out the window echoes. Defund the FBI, Marjorie Taylor Greene says. They're right now, as we speak, David, there's a shootout. There was a shootout in Ohio. I don't know if you're following this. Yeah. I have, where a gunman walked into an FBI office. I don't, I don't know if he's been captured yet. So it's, we used to joke a lot about it, about the cult-like attitude of, MAGA, but I don't know if it's that funny anymore because like his candidates win. They almost defeated Robin Voss in Wisconsin. I don't know if you follow this stuff. Yeah. Robin Voss, the Speaker of the House, most powerful Republican in the in the General Assembly in Wisconsin. He's two Wisconsin Chicago people, what Michael Joseph Madigan was to Illinois. Okay. He controlled the General Assembly. Uh, Trump personally called him and asked him to intervene in Wisconsin to substitute the Biden electors uh, with Trump electors. He said, no, he wouldn't do it. Trump sought vengeance. He put in some dope, some kid to run against him. The kid almost won. <laughs> I'm like, he could have put a chimpanzee in the race and the chimpanzee would have gotten 49.3% of the vote. I, so what do we do, David? Do we just pretend as though? that insanity isn't insanity and it doesn't exist and we proceed, I guess that's our only alternative because if you're just intimidated by them, then they're gonna take away your democracy. So yeah. I guess I have to support what Merrick Garland is doing. 
I do too. I mean, you know, my mantra for years, I come on the show and said, <clears throat> the answer is to use the power that you have, right? Um, don't be afraid to use the power that you have because you think it'll upset people on the other team. Don't be afraid to use the power that you have because you're violating some norm um, that, the, that the other team is either already dispensed with or would dispense with the moment that they get back into power. Um, you, you know, remember, they don't care about hypocrisy, right? But it is it is worth dwelling for a second on hypocrisy because it really is incredible. Um, when Trump got into office, he tried to get he he ordered he basically ordered Jeff Sessions to prosecute Hillary Clinton. And after the FBI had already concluded its investigation and said we're not going to prosecute her, this you know one of the first things he did in office was call Sessions in and be like, listen, Jeffy, baby, you know I want to see I want to see HRC and. I want to see her in handcuffs. Let's do this. Um, and and Trump throughout his presidency just blatantly abused his authority over uh, over the law enforcement apparatus of the executive branch. He spoke openly of the attorney general being a, a an arm of the presidency. Right. He he looked at the FBI, at the DOJ, at all of the other um, uh, uh, institutions in the executive branch as his. Right not as a as a as a functioning coherent bureaucracy that is meant to to protect to pursue and protect the interests of all americans to protect the integrity of the presidency and of the of the executive branch but as as his plaything right that is how he treated the executive branch throughout his entire presidency he set aside laws um he set aside norms he set aside decorum he used the most outrageous rhetoric against government officials that were serving him um and for for trump's people to to stand up now um, and act like clutch their pearls and act like they've never seen something so outrageous in their whole lives. It's just, it's beyond hypocrisy. You know, it's, it's a, it's a breathtaking cynicism that demonstrates their fealty to Trump above all else, right? They run some kid against, against Voss in Wisconsin. He almost wins. Trump also is responsible for taking out by far the more appealing Republican gubernatorial candidate in Wisconsin. That was Rebecca Kleefish um, in favor of uh, Jim, what's his name? Anyway, he's an old washed up dead Trump weirdo, right? Who's gonna probably gonna lose to Tony Evers and I think Kleefish could have won. Um, the point is that wh whoever, you know, whoever he puts his finger on in almost every race that's gone on so far, his, his way in on the scale has been the difference maker. Yeah. It didn't work in Georgia for some reason. And I don't know why um, the, 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 the Brian Kemp was able to survive all of this, and um, what's his name? Uh, the the secretary Raffensperger. Raffensperger, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Double double bacon. Raffensperger was able to survive his his Trump challenger there. Um, I, I don't know why the magic petered out in Georgia, but I don't. Maybe 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 Georgia Republicans were like, dude, you remember the last time you you tried to you know stick your nose in here and we lost two Senate races on the same day? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just came out of Georgia, buddy. But yeah. uh, almost everywhere else, he he has elevated the crazier person in the race, sometimes with Democratic help, as we've talked about on the show before. But but uh, I'm not even sure they needed any of the Democratic help, right? I mean, it looks like whatever Trump says goes. Um, Liz Cheney is going to get wiped out by 30 points next week. Um, and this, you know, this ancient, um, corrupt, incoherent, stupid, narcissistic, sociopathic, friendless, cheerless weirdo <laughs> is still running the Republican party like a mafia boss, right? Whoever he wants to get rid of goes.
Um, and so no elected Republican can stand up right now and say, you know, I don't know what's going on here, but if Trump had classified information in his house <laughs> in a box in his basement um, that he was planning to do something with, that's probably not good, right? Like, I don't support that. We, 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 we obviously would prefer that former presidents not be the subject of, uh, of law enforcement investigations. And this is really unfortunate, but we just have to let that play out and we'll see how, see where it goes. Something that would have been completely unremarkable even 10 years ago for, for you know, even somebody like Mitch McConnell or um, Kevin McCarthy just to, to, to get out of the way of like, yeah, we trust law enforcement, you know, back the blue asterisk, right? Unless we don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, oh, it's so embarrassing for them. I mean, to me, it's like every Republican right now, there are true believers, right? I know, you know Marjorie Taylor Greene and Marsha Blackburn and uh, uh, Tommy, Tommy Tuberville, the stupidest person ever to hold like that. Um, <laughs> there are people that really believe this stuff, right? But there are also, there are a lot of Republicans who go out in front of the cameras and look like somebody from Al Qaeda is, is holding a machete over their neck. You know, like, yeah. they, you, like they're not speaking their own words. They are reading from a script because they're afraid, because they're, because the what is motivating them is fear of losing their position within the party, losing the next primary that they have to fight. Um, and as you noted with Voss, he'll come after you for any slight, any slight against Trump, the dude will come after you as long as he's alive. And he has many children and probably his many children will continue to come after him after Trump is dead. Um, so anyway, um, I find the whole spectacle to be really, really revolting that like no one's willing, no one's willing to stand on principle. In, in the Republican Party, yes. Uh, now, it's uh, last I looked, and again, I've been on the mic all day and away from the news. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, has been quiet on the issue of the raid. I have not seen a comment from him, uh, which is, is so weird because I'm sure in the back of his mind is the calculations of the impact of Donald Trump's uh, lawlessness uh, in statewide Senate races, which will determine who controls uh, the Senate after November. The Democrats with Chuck Schumer, the Republicans with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's looking out for Mitch. And he knows, he knows, David, that this doesn't help. Uh, in a gerrymandered congressional district, as we, as we pointed out many times before, Trump uh, and his uh, acolytes can get away with virtually anything. But statewide races are, ne are not gerrymandered. The state is not gerrymandered. It is what it is, a state. So it's like possible that this would damage the attempt of Republicans to win, let's say, in Michigan or to win in Wisconsin or to win in Colorado or to win in Nevada or to win in Arizona or to win in Georgia, which are just some of the Pennsylvania. You know, these are some of the states that were in play. And when Trump acts like a mafia boss, yes, MAGA loves it, but they're not enough to win Pennsylvania unless they figure, really have figured out a way to steal the election, which I'm not quite sure they figured that out yet, mastered that yet. So that is as close as we're going to get to some restraint on Trump, which is the silence of Mitch McConnell. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's not even denouncing him. It's just like pretending like it's not going on. Uh, it's almost like, okay, it's, it's almost, this is how low the bar is. I almost like, welcome it. Oh, what a great, can we rewrite profiles and courage to add a, 
a chapter for Mitch McConnell not saying anything about what's going on right in front of him? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So your your thoughts about the you know the impact this has on everything I just said, like the Pennsylvania Senate race, the Georgia Senate race, the Arizona, et cetera, and so forth. Yeah, sure. I mean, for, to tackle the first the first thing we're talking about first, I mean, McConnell um, said, you know, I think the most responsible Republican line right now is like, we want a thorough and immediate explanation of why the FBI did this, right? Um, not necessarily saying this was outrageous abuse of power, we're basically Guatemala, but uh, but not, you know, not saying like, we're going to let the process play out like they did when Trump was trying to overthrow the election legally in, in November 2020. Uh, when all the Republicans were like, well, you know, just let him play with his toys, you know, he'll get bored. Um, so that's that's McConnell's line. I assume that the way that McConnell sleeps at night is he he just has like three giant posters of uh, of Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and, and Amy Coney Barrett like hanging over his bed. Um, and when he when he's drifting off to sleep, thinking of how he has enabled the destruction of American democracy, um, and how he played a prominent role in, in uh, helping Trump consolidate power over the Republican Party. He says, judges, 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 <laughs> judges, 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 Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court. Um, as to how this will affect the, the elections themselves, I, I don't know. I don't think it's cut and dry that this for sure helps Democrats, right? I mean, like you could see this being some sort of galvanizing thing for the MAGA weirdos to show up and vote if they think that their, uh, their god emperor is being persecuted by the FBI. Um, but certainly the, the general environment for Republicans has turned sharply around um, in favor of the Democrats over the past month um, in a series of, you know, unexpected, somewhat interrelated developments, right? Um, you got, we got a, a really good jobs report two days ago. We found out that the inflation has at least stopped. <laughs> okay. Prices have not snapped, snapped back to what they were a year ago, um, but prices did not increase from June to July of 2022. Uh, and that's a, it's been a huge, huge issue in, in the election. Democrats passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Should they be calling it the Inflation Reduction Act? Man, I don't know. It's a climate change bill that they're calling it an Inflation Reduction Act. Like, okay, if that's what you want to call it, that's fine. Um, but that's like calling Obamacare, like, you know, the um, the the physician uh, in, enhancement program or something. I, I don't like something that's like tangential, you know. Um, but but that's not really what the bill is about. Um, so you've got you see good jobs, inflation inflation has been halted, gas prices have fallen for fifty seven straight days. Not uh, you know I, I always love the national news reports about gas prices <laughs> from from Chicago. Yeah. Where they're like prices are below four dollars a gallon, and I'm like not here, buddy. No, <laughs> no sorry. Not, not <laughs> down you've got a bunch of weirdos winning all these primaries for the republicans that, that make a lot of the their pursuit of the senate much more complicated frankly um you know herschel walker and and oz and these, these terrible gubernatorial candidates like carrie lake in arizona and uh, doug mastriano in pennsylvania our own darren bailey here in illinois oh he cannot bring himself to walk back the comment about how abortion is worse than the holocaust he just cannot bring himself to walk it back he's like no the I've talked to some uh, Jews. They stay <laughs> with me, right? And all the Jewish leaders are like, "What is this dude talking yeah, about?" I've never talked to him in my life, and I would certainly, but whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the environment, and of course, the big, the nuclear weapon here, Dobbs, um, yeah. the the overturning of Roe v. Wade, 
looks like it has not just reset the political environment, but it looks like it's a it's a it's a favorable environment for Democrats. Maybe not as an, certainly not as favorable as 2018, but um, but at worst, uh, break even political environment that that could be capitalized on by clever leaders if they were so inclined. And so I'm sure that all, all like the last thing Republicans want right now, last thing Mitch McConnell wants in his pursuit of the Senate is more bad news, right? And and the the de facto party leader having his house raided by the FBI for nine hours yeah. um, is not probably what they're looking for. And I'm guessing as much as they might think like, wow, the MAGA people are all riled up and, and mad about this. Uh, they're gonna go shoot up some FBI offices and maybe vote. I think that they're terrified of what's actually in the possession of the Miami branch of the Federal Bureau of Investigation right now. I'm guessing that they know exactly what that is. I'm guessing that Mitch McConnell knows exactly what's in those boxes. Um, Trump certainly knows exactly what's in those boxes. Trump's associates knows what know, know what's what's in the boxes. Um, and uh, and it can't be good for the president. Right? Like they wouldn't spend nine hours at Mar-a-Lago hauling out a bunch of stuff just to be like, you know what? Never mind. There's nothing. It was just uh, uh, just a bunch of drawings of cheeseburgers and uh, uh, official framed copy of the of the of the Sharpie drawing of the hurricane. That you remember? Oh my goodness! What a memory! <laughs> I what a riff! I forgot. Oh, he's insane! Wait a minute! Hold on! I gotta stop you there. Uh, Mitch McConnell knows what's in the boxes. Why do you say that? I, I just think you know, Mitch McConnell's plugged into. Trump world, right? Like they may not be close, but they have used each other for years um, for for mutual benefit, frankly. Um, and the the plot against democracy that was executed in the in the wake of the 2020 election, which Trump lost decisively to Joe Biden, was um, a, a an ensemble play. You might say it wasn't like it was three people in a room. Um, I'm drawing things out secretly, right? Like we're talking about dozens of people, multiple national legislators, legislators, uh, many state legislators across the country. Um, this dude had point people in in the key swing states to try to to try to have alternate sets of electors forwarded to Washington. Um, like you're you're talking about a plot that has, I would say, minimum a hundred people in on it, and those hundred people are include many prominent Republicans. And Mitch McConnell knows where to find a prominent Republican. And I'm sure that one of those prominent Republicans could get on the phone with a McConnell staffer who probably reached out and was like, dude, what's in the boxes? You know, like the end of uh, like Brad Pitt and Seven, you know, like what's in the box, man, what's in the box? Um, they know, they know what's in the box, right? They just don't want us to find out. And that's why they were like caterwauling about the warrant, you know, like release the warrant, release the warrant. And Garland said, okay. I will do it. They're like, no, 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 that's improper. That's not procedural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're unbelievable. So shameless. <laughs> just walk, you know, just one day, like eight minutes later, they just walk back, like, we don't want the warrant. That's not how this is a witch hunt. You know, yeah. that's why they're releasing the warrant. So, <laughs> oh, anyway, God. I think they, I certainly think they fear it could be bad. I mean, you've seen polling recently. Uh, polls have Mark Kelly in Arizona up double digits over, over his, his challenger. Um, they've got Fetterman up. The polls have uh, Ron Johnson losing to um, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. The polls have uh, 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 Hillbilly Elegy writer J.D. Vance um, 
quickly became one of the most craven people <laughs> in Republican politics. They have him losing to Tim Ryan, Ohio uh, Democratic Representative Tim Ryan, who has run a fantastic campaign so far. Um, and they have break-even polls in North Carolina. There's not a single Republican leading in the race to unseat an incumbent Democrat in terms of polling. And so they're looking at a map and thinking all of a sudden, post Dobbs, post all this good news for Democrats, like not only are we not retaking the Senate, mm, Democrats could walk away with this with 53 seats if things bounce exactly right for them. Do I think we're getting 53 seats, Ben? No. Is it possible? Yes. Um, and at 53 seats, uh, if Democrats could, could hold the House, um, then you're talking about a, a real reworking of the of the social safety net. But not only that, yeah, at, at that point, I think we have enough Democrats to do some of the things that I've been asking the party to do for a long time, um, which is a revision of um, of the institutional framework of our democracy to make it more fair. Mm -hmm. The thing that Republicans fear the most in the whole wide world, Ben, is a is a fair fight for the leadership of this country, and so they are running scared. And the last, the la I think, the last thing they want is something like this, you know. Unless yeah. it turns out to be absolutely nothing, in which case they get to do a, a you know a victory lap for for days. But I don't think it's going to be that. Well, uh, and I'll just uh, it was a, at this point uh, I agree with you about the Senate, uh, but the House is going to be when you just sort of mention in passing and hold on to the House. I, I, again, I have to do the deep dive and study uh, the gerrymandering impact, and uh, you know there's all sorts of geeks that are putting out new information all the time about who's up where and what district because of the gerrymandering, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, so, you know, the impact of gerrymandering is that you can draw legislative boundaries in such a way as to maximize your power and minimize your opponent's power. Uh, and uh, ever since 2010, the midterms in which Republicans uh, seize control of state legislatures all over the country, uh, a huge, oh my God, I, somebody should write a book about the 2010 midterms, David Ferris, because that's where it all changed. That's where Democrats were sound asleep in love with themselves in love with Barack Obama, uh, not paying attention to anything, uh, just as my cousin likes to say, sniffing their own farts and... <laughs> And whoa, we're still here. We are 12 years later trying to come out from under it. So um, I, uh, I I don't know. I got to look at I, I'm with you about the uh, Senate. Uh, I, 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 again, you can't gerrymander a state. You can only try to pass laws uh, that take <laughs> deny black people the right to vote, which is essentially their strategy one way or the other. Uh, and um, but uh, it, it remains to be seen about the house. All right, let's. Uh, you made an uh, allusion to uh, Donald Trump's mob boss, uh, which I really uh, I wrote down and noted. And uh, as a, I, I watch a lot of mob movies and read a lot of mob books, and uh, and so does Donald Trump. By the way, I could tell just by his rhetoric, uh, and he's from New York, so he's really into like the New York style mobsters. Uh, and uh, so let's just. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm Donald Trump, totally other. This thing gets totally lost in the weeds. Unbelievable. Former president of the United States pleads the fifth 400 times. Like, no one's talking about that because <laughs> his, oh, Lord, you know, the, the Republicans are really good at, uh, you know, determining what we talk about. Um, what is that all about? And what implications does that have? Pleading the fifth 400 times. Go ahead. 
Well, it means it means he's almost certainly guilty, right? <laughs> Whatever he's being accused of. I mean, there are so many investigations of Donald Trump going on at any given time that it's it's hard to know which one is which. I think the one you're talking about is the New York investigation yes. the foundation, yes. right? Yeah. Which is uh, fascinating because it's a civil case, right? He's not going to go to jail over this, um, but he's still pleading the fifth because uh, I guess God knows how much uh, punitive damages they could get out of this or whatever it is. But the dude just will never admit that he's wrong, right? I mean, like yeah. that's the basic problem. You, you could see a smarter person having dispensed with all of the Trump Foundation stuff a long time ago um, by just, you know, by pleading out or, or just being like, okay, we'll pay $2 million and uh, make a contribution to the worst charity in the state and and we'll and then we'll walk away. Um, but they just won't do it because they can, they simply cannot bring themselves to admit that they, they abused their power as the leaders of a nonprofit. Um, and instead they're in court for months and months and months. And the former president of the United States has to go in and, and plead the fifth probably had to learn what it was first, you know, uh, like read the text uh, and be like, did the Supreme Court gut this one yet? Or do we still have that? We still have the Fifth Amendment, right? Like they've been ruled that that actually means it's just about guns, you know? Um, you have the right to to put your silencer on. Isn't that, is that the amendment, right? You have, the, you have the right to put the silencer on your on your AR-15. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, like they obviously did it, right? Like the Trump Foundation was a profoundly corrupt institution. Um, wasn't the only one in the family, but you know, when, when we talk about Trump as a mafia boss, it's not a metaphor, Ben. I mean, he, he, he was a mafia boss, yeah. right? Like he, he ran a, a, what was effectively a criminal syndicate. Um, we're never gonna know, I think the depths of it because we've moved on from the crimes that Donald Trump committed as a real estate developer. But, you know, everything from, from money laundering to the, to the Trump, or, Trump organization's ties to, um, to various dictators and um, to Russia itself, right? Like this, this is all still a thing that happened in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and like a mafia boss, I don't know that Trump had people killed, right? But Trump certainly had people stiffed over and over again. Um, people that worked for him, people that did contract work for him. Um, this, this went on through his presidency, right? Like people that did work for the inauguration, like people that did legal work for him. They all get stiff. I don't know why you would take a job with somebody you know that's not going to pay you, yeah. right? Like, you know, if, like if, if, <laughs> if my employer came to me and was like, you know, you can teach this year at the end of the year we we might pay you I, we'll see and probably not because we could i'd rather not pay you um he, he he is a mafia boss he has the mentality of a mafia of a mafia boss right the, his meant and he treats he treated the government as as, a, as the president like the leaders of the executive agency were his lieutenants in a, in a criminal organization like, like if he had the power to get them killed he would have done it yeah um and I've also I also consume a lot of mafia um, entertainment, shall we say? I, uh, okay. Last year I watched this uh, insane Italian gangster show called Gamora. Okay, uh, there's a lot of it on HBO Max if you're interested. Um, there's a really um, there's a really insane scene where one of the mafia bosses forces one of his lieutenants to to drink his urine as a as a show of loyalty, um, and um, it's the it's the kind of thing you can see Trump doing, you know that. Maybe not urine. He's he's famous a germaphobe, but like, you know, you want to work for me? I want to see you eat five Big Macs in front of me. Big Mac, you know? Uh, no, I'm um, he's the, <laughs> That's his mentality, right? He has the he has the mentality of a of a of a vindictive sociopath who who oversees an illegitimate operation full of people who know that they are doing bad things, 
um, who requires, who, who, whose chief value in life is, is loyalty, like unquestioned uh, loyalty to him. That is the whole reason why he's running around the country uh, destroying the political careers of Republicans who who did things from a mildly slighting him to voting to impeach him to um, refusing to help him overthrow the government. <laughs> like uh, slights big and small. He never forgets them. Right? Like he was complaining about Rosie O'Donnell like 15 years after the refute. Yeah. Um, and like a like a mafia boss, he's constantly terrified. He's terrified of his own lieutenants because the organization that he runs is a, a uh, is a criminal like mafia like organization where people climb over one another to get to the top you know in in mafia movies and i, I assume in actual mafias i don't know uh my only uh, interaction with the mafia was a kid i went to high school with who um, wanted me to take the sats for him offered me several thousand dollars for it and i said no um wait was <laughs> he the son of a mobster that was the word on the street in high school. Um, and I don't know where else he would have come up with that kind of money to pay me to take the SATs. Wow. Um, what a great story. Uh, and time out. Uh, when you said no, did he get upset and threaten you? No, no. He was like, that's fine. Um, I think if I had agreed to do it and then backed out, then I could have been in some trouble, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had a, uh, or a tangent with a tangent. It's funny you should say that. A similar experience when I was a freshman uh, in high school, I got into a fight with a kid who I didn't know uh, and subsequently learned that he was, rumor, rumor, the son of a mobster, okay? And I'm like, oh my God. When, in retrospect, I was like, what a dumb move. So anyway, but they, we got called into the principal's office and we were sitting outside of the principal's office or the assistant principal, the, the person in charge of uh, punishing kids or whatever. And uh, I'll never forget it. This kid, this is how his mind worked. He turned to me and he goes, look, those are bygones be bygones. Let's just forget that. Let's get our story straight. I'm 13 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> My mind doesn't work that fast. I'm like thinking about the Bulls and the White Sox. You know what I mean? The Bears. You know, this kid's like, let's get our story straight. Already, <laughs> the great ones show up early, David. And the great, he already knew at age 13 or 14. All right, we get, before we go meet the man, we got to get our story straight. <laughs> so that fight is ancient history. Wow. That, that little Benny meets the mob uh, at age 13. Uh, all right. Uh, there's been just one great ri uh, riff after another uh, in this show. And uh, I'm going to close it by uh, going local with you a little bit. You already alluded uh, to uh, Darren Bailey. And I would just like you to uh, extend uh, your thoughts on him. He, of course, is the MAGA man running for governor in the state of Illinois. Uh, who, oh, jeez. Uh, as you pointed out, uh, started off, uh, he started the week by having to de defend or apologize for five-year-old video of him imploring uh, his, uh, imploring MAGA voters to vote for him uh, on the grounds of partly that he believed abortion was worse than uh, the extermination of Jews in World War II, his word, not mine, uh, or the attempted extermination of Jews in World War II. Uh, subsequently to that, uh, he has kind of apologized and kind of backed off his apology. Uh, he is citing a support, non-existent support uh, from Jews uh, who say they actually believe, he claims believe him. Uh, <laughs> nobody surfaced. I'm starting to think it's like the uh, fictitious police uh, officer in Chicago that Trump claimed he talked to who told him I could clean up Chicago in three days. 
uh, that that conversation <laughs> allegedly took place six years ago. Uh, I, I, you know, to me, David, and I'll get your, and then you riff on it. To me, I see this as another example of uh, MAGA's obsession with Nazis. Uh, and uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of the whole thing because I think it's like different. It varies from instance to instance. So you'll have uh, protesters, like anytime there's a protest against some kind of democratic initiative, it seems like there's somebody with a, a sign with a swastika on it, but it's projection. They're saying the Democrats are doing to them what German, what the Nazis did to Jews, which is so preposterous. I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, and uh, wh why they feel compelled to go uh, to the to Nazis, I don't know, with the swastika. Then you have Trump just comes out in the White House, his conversation with John Kelly. I wish my generals were as loyal to me as the Nazi generals were to Hitler, which is like, where's your, you got Mary Miller in, uh, uh, in Illinois, a congresswoman saying Hitler was right. Now you got Darren Bailey. I mean, I could go on and on. So please, I know you must have thought about this. What is it, what's with MAGA? and nazis help me out on that man that's a good question i think at heart ben um in the in the super far right fever swamp imagination hitler was just uh, a nationalist who went a little bit too far right and the basic impulse to purify the polity of of foreigners of uh, of people who don't belong there um, to have Germany be just for, you know, white, blonde Germans, even though Hitler had black hair and look anything like that, whatever, it's a whole other story. Um, the, 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 the basic principle of purging your society of unwanted elements is an idea that travels very well to the United States MAGA movement in 2022. Um, you know, do they want to put um, uh, Mexican immigrants and, and black people in um, in concentration camps, you know, most of them no, of course not, right? Um, but do they do they like the idea of being able to get rid of people that they don't like? Yeah, they do, right? Um, and so there's this like sick fascination, not just on the far far right, right? But like as you move a little bit left into like sane enough to get elected somewhere, uh, Mary Miller types. Um, I think that these are people who in their private homes say things like, you know, Hitler could have, he could have gotten it done if he just hadn't done the whole actual Holocaust. I mean, if he just like thrown the Jews out of Germany, right? Like it stopped there, it would have been fine. Um, and, um, but there's a specific to Darren Bailey. So I, I, I really, I really think it's based, the basic idea here is just ruthless, um, fascistic, uh, racist to nationalism it is something that links Republicans to the Nazis right now. You know, not all Republicans then hashtag, you know, but more than they more than there should be, right? And um, Nazis don't vote for Democrats, right? Like Nazis are only a member of one political coalition in this country, and it's MAGA. Yeah. Um, and if you make these people and you accept these people as part of your coalition, eventually their ideas are going to seep into the mainstream, and they're going to start coming out of the mouths people that you actually need to win elections um like darren bailey and there's another aspect here which is which is abortion itself and I'll, we're almost out of time but i'll say a really brief story um my which is my first encounter with like true abortion lunatics I actually came in grad school 
um, I was in a, I was in a PhD PhD program, and almost everybody that I knew was a uh, was uh, not just like liberal, but like 18 miles to the left of me. <laughs> like, like in the world of social science PhDs, I was like, whoa, man, you're a, yeah, you're pretty radical. But we had one conservative in the program, one conservative. And I made the mistake one time of I was sitting down with her and being like, so what is your, um, you know, what, what are you working on? You know, and she was like, I am working on how abortion is a black genocide. And I said, uh, okay um i think i gotta get to my parents house for dinner but it's been yeah. really nice to talk to you but like you know i let her go on for a minute you know and it was it was i mean virtually identical to what came out of darren bailey's mouth just with a different population yeah. right she was like they, they put the planned parenthood centers in poor black neighborhoods because they want to kill as many black babies as possible um you know just like just like deranged conspiratorial thinking divorced from the actual morality of abortion itself you know one way or the other which is like just the idea that abortion itself is designed to to kill black people okay um and all you have to do is take that logic which is which is that abortion is mass murder and apply it to a different context and you get um well there have been well okay how many abortions are there a year okay multiply that since roe v wade um and you have okay i don't know but i don't know what the number is right let's say it's 150 million right that's more than the holocaust so obviously abortion is worse than the holocaust right right, right, um, right. if you really believe that like if you really believe that that abortion is is murder um then I, you know, then then you're going to say it in public, right? You're going to go out in public and say, like, I think I think this policy that has 67% support among the American people is worse than the worst crime that has been committed in the history of human civilization, which was the Holocaust against the Jewish people in Europe. Um, and I don't know, I just can't fathom how galactically stupid and ignorant you have to be to say that in the first place let alone five years later, not be able to walk it back, you know, and be like, I was a young man, I mean, he wasn't young, but I was a young man, follies of youth, I didn't mean it. Um, I'm just really, I just really don't, I don't like, I'm just really opposed to abortion. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I didn't mean to offend these communities. Uh, let's just put this behind us. Any idiot can do that, right? Like hire a reputation management firm and walk away from it. But he can't do it then, because this kind of thinking the fetishization of Nazis, um, the this radical, like insane view of abortion, which like this, like this stuff about abortion that has taken over the Republican Party, just you would never find it anywhere else in human history, right? Like the Republican Party is the most radical organization in the history of the planet Earth um, about abortion. And it's just, it's what these guys are. It's what they are now. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, they're not all Nazis, but like um they're happy to have nazis in their coalition and they're starting you know more and more elected republicans are starting to say nazi stuff and it's scary i don't like it it is scary i was frightened by it uh i just wrote a, i talked about it a lot in the show i wrote a column about it i was a little uh put it mildly a little disappointed with some uh uh chicago uh columnist who it's classic demi dems bending over backwards to be, show that they're open-minded. Well, it's not anti-Semitism they wrote. I'm like, oh my God, guys, stop it. Stop it. If you guys were in, oh, I'm not even going to go there. It's just stop bending over backwards. Just say what you believe. You know what I mean? I, I want to be, seem like I'm even-handed on this. Uh, why? Why? Why would you want to be even-handed with a guy who's a lunatic? I, all right, David Ferris, we've run out of time. One great riff after another. The man, ladies and gentlemen, look at him a standing ovation. Playing in pain, as I said before, went on the air. He's Walter Payton. Uh, I remember Walter Payton once had a fever. He went out and rushed for 
want to say 273 yards, some incredible, it's against the Minnesota Vikings. I remember watching in just complete and utter awe, my favorite football player of all time. So David Ferris is our very own Walter Sweetness Payton uh, playing with earache, which is no joke. I know what an earache is like. It is no joke. That's On the other hand, I could make the argument that it has inspired you. I don't know. Uh, it's either that or it's the codeine that I'm on <laughs> <laughs> to fight the ear pain. Okay. Uh, thank you, Ben. Thank you for the kind words, and thank you for having me on the show. As always, it's always a pleasure. All right. Very good. That's David Ferris. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.